Hello and welcome back to the Video Editing Podcast, the podcast where you and I have a conversation about how you can become a better video editor so that you can work with your dream client sooner. This episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. David Gesselbauer. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, he's a multi-award winning, incredibly talented guy. Now, David and I met on uh, Instagram because if you're not following the meme page, there's a video editing meme page called at video editing is hard. And um, that's run by me. And it's essentially the, the lighter, the funnier side of editing. Now, David and I got a bit carried away and it was a really good interview. And so uh, it's split into two parts. This first part, we're going to talk about his career and how he got to become a, a represented commercial editor in Berlin. And then the second half, we talk about some video editing, uh, video editing techniques some of the techniques that he uses in his commercials and um, some of the effects. And we talk about effects and transitions and, uh, well, why they're terrible. So join us for both times because it's a really interesting conversation. He's a, he's a funny guy. Hello, Mr. David Hi. Oh, shit, look at your professional setup and look <laughs> at me. Oh, shit, are you recording video as well? Yeah. Is that all right? Okay, now just give me five minutes and I'll find something more pleasing. Okay. This looks more. It's okay. You look pretty. Contrasty. Okay, there you go. Nice. No, I'm kidding about the glasses. <laughs> Okay. Give me your burning questions. Welcome, Mr. David Gesselbauer. Hi, good evening. Tell me a bit about you and yourself. How long have you been editing? Um, it's so professionally, I would say it's 10 to 11 years now. Um, I would say I started professionally when I, um, I was attending film school in southern Germany. So this was uh, in 2012. But I had to um, have a, some kind of portfolio before um, to apply there. So um, I did some I did some after show videos, you know, club club parties and uh, someone oh, yeah, nice. needs to uh, cut together all the all the footage of people dancing. And um, no, uh, and, and from from uh, this point on, uh, I never stopped doing it. You said that um, uh, you spoke about the dance videos with a kind of it looked like a sense of remorse. Is it? Do you regret doing them? No, absolutely not. <laughs> this was uh, this was so much fun. Um, it was not fun because uh, sometimes uh, the people who hired me demanded that the video is going to be uh, on Facebook or on MySpace back then, you know, on the, on the next day uh, when people wake up uh, and just look at their embarrassing after show uh, moments and <laughs> which, <laughs> which meant that I don't get to sleep until uh, the video comes out and all for like uh, 50 euros. 
plus plus free uh, free drinks uh, in a total of, of five so yeah okay so yeah. were you working on site just cutting these as the stuff was coming in yeah um actually uh, so I, I grew up in austria and in austria there's this um there's uh, this art school where you can you know uh, take um courses and um, I was um, lucky. I was lucky to have a course in film, so um, we did some kind of uh, um, all-around tour. You know, um, you can grab a camera there. Uh, you, you know, it's, it was all based on like an like an afternoon session. So after the regular school day, you can just you know do your film stuff there. So. I tried everything and, you know, I ended up in, in editing and that's why I, uh, you know, then after school, you know, I got yeah. myself into the, the, to the club scene. So. Nice. Nice. Was it something, did you pursue editing at that point? Because it's something that you really enjoyed out of all of those things? Or was this... Yeah. Okay. I guess so this, this was just uh, resonating with me the most. And uh, at the time I was also doing some, some electronic music so it, it all just kind of fell into place and you know um some some things from the music side inspired the editing side and vice versa so uh and i like to sit on my ass all day that's <laughs> green instead of being being out there maybe maybe you know maybe this this whole club thing just made me so disgusted of being of being outside <laughs> it's like your calling some people wait uh, yeah. decades to find their calling and you found it straight <laughs> out of the club scene <laughs> yeah oh yeah. if you put it like it's that it sounds really it's that's really great oh. <laughs> um so uh from that point how did you obviously you've got a, a strong background in music editing and i think it comes across in your edits because Thanks. These days you're predominantly cutting, at least from what I've seen, it's the majority of the work is commercial content. There's music videos as well. Some incredible stuff. The Rammstein video is awesome. Thank you so um, much. What sort of things are you cutting now coming from the music background? Um, so it's, it's so diverse. Um, mostly it's commercials and music videos. That's, that's for sure. But uh, every once in a while, you know, there's some some narrative stuff going on, like like a short film, um, some short documentaries. Um, what I did uh, last year was uh, a Netflix series, also a, a documentary, and um, my first feature film. So amazing! Um, I, I'm getting into I'm getting into it. So I'm coming from the short format, and I really love the stuff. Um, but I try to you know evolve into long format you know uh, to push my style on a on a long format uh time scale uh, it, it's hard um but you know doing doing my first feature was really like a, such a great experience and <clears throat> it was so cool to um you know let, let yourself concentrate on one thing for a couple of months instead of you know jumping from project to project on a weekly basis yeah so um, this was really uh, refreshing so I'm trying to do more, uh, more long format things. And was that a scripted feature length? Uh, yes. Um, it's called Alice through the looking 
it's um, it's a retelling of uh, Alice in Wonderland in times of Brexit. Oh, amazing! Yeah, <laughs> it's something it's I'm weird very stuff. familiar with being. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, the script was totally bonkers, uh, uh, and I loved it. Great. I um, there's a lot of similarities between uh, some of the work at least the, the scale and the breadth of the stuff that you've cut and the stuff that I have also cut because I've cut documentaries, um, music videos, short films. I did a feature, but I, I'm, it was a documentary feature, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but also have a background in, in music and music videos and coming from there. So I've seen, uh, some of the styles of your editing in your commercials feels very music. You know, you can, you can see there's a, um, music influence there, given, given your background and where you are now and, um, your interest in cutting more features, would you consider yourself a video editor or a film editor? Um, I would consider myself a film editor because video editor sounds like an app. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> film editor doesn't sound like you can download it. So I, I would go with film editor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> um, do you think the, the term video editor feels a bit loaded? Do you think there's some, like a rip? Um, <sighs> If you're coming from, um, you know, uh, people calling themselves videographers, then then probably there's there's some correlation to or, or some stigma to this word. Um, then yes, but uh, yeah, here in Germany, you know, they have they have this term. Uh, I mean, guess it's it's uh, everywhere, but they use the term cutter a lot, you know. Um, and it's, it just sounds so so harsh, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking speaking with a with a German drive, you know, it's it's really like cutter. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I try to distinguish myself from from a cutter. Um, <laughs> to, 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 be, to be an editor, yeah, yeah. And uh, be, because you know, there's the stigma that cutter are used in in like broadcast. Um, in the, in the broadcast space, they're the people who just dare to button smash. Okay. So yeah, there's a distinction. It feels like here in Germany from button smashing to creatively, you know, okay. pull, pulling together a story. Yeah. And so, so uh, feels like a video editor and yeah. film editor feels like the, the elegant next step. That's right. The, the noble, the noble <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would say you could pass for royal royalty. <laughs> yeah. So uh, coming from the music video, um, from the music world, and then gradually working your way through to commercials and, and beyond, at any point, was there a, um, a, con a conscious choice to move out of the music world into commercials and then from commercials into feature length, or was it more of a gradual? Someone, a client came with to you with a project, and it just flowed through. Um, you know, basically, all my career was just one big, uh, just flowing and see what happens. Um, luckily, 
So um, because I was attending this film school, um, we had a certain directors, you know, who would start in commercials and then, you know, get some music video gigs on the side. So, um, you know, music video was always a good, um, you know, catalyst for, you know, trying out new teammates and especially for, you know, for editors and, and, and directors, you know, you just see how you work together with, on a music video and then, you know, if it's, if it's cool um, and you speak one language, you know, th then you move on to the official stuff, you know, mm -hmm. which is commercials. And um, yeah, th this way practically uh, worked for me pretty well. Yeah. So you yeah. essentially rose up with the directors that you were working with as their careers blossomed. That's, right. So did That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was mostly yeah. um, all from connections that you made during the film school period. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be anything without this film school. So this, this was uh, the greatest, yeah. the greatest time of my life. So, um, so it, film school essentially is highly recommended by you. I, I mean, this one in Germany is, is just really, really good. It's, it's one of the, I think one of, one of the best in Europe even. So they got um, heavy sounding from um, the state. So you have um, a reasonable budget for your films and then you have all the you know, expensive equipment at your uh, expense. So I think it depends on what kind of film school you're going to and you know, what people are gonna meet there, obviously. Um, but, but this one, I, I, just, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, this, right. this made What's my, the name of the school? Film Academy Baden-Württemberg. It's in southern Germany, Ludwigsburg. Okay. And um, they do have international classes even, and some collaborations uh, with La Famille in Paris. In, in Paris. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool about it, uh, in like the, the fourth grade, you can attend an, an Hollywood workshop, is it called? So um, you're like in Los Angeles for like two months. And, and meet meet great people from the industry yeah. uh, at the University of California. Uh, we, you know, I attended this one as well, and you know, this this made me appreciate uh, the study even more. Yeah, amazing. So, did you make any contacts or um, a strong network when you were in California? Um, nothing that lasts. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I think two months are not enough to, you know, build a connection that's, that's you know, professionally gonna, gonna last a, a good amount of time, you know? I guess at that point as well, at that period in time, uh, being able to work remotely wasn't really a possibility because it, it only feels like in the last four years, possibly mm -hmm. working remotely internationally has been a possibility just the size of the rushes and transferring them over the internet internet speeds of uh only you know was only so long ago it would have taken weeks to download that sort of stuff but now we can do it in hours or even yeah. minutes if you've got yeah. the right connection and yeah it's amazing with, with the pandemic as well every, the mindset shifts from everything has to be in person to that yeah, remote's fine no problem mm-hmm 
that's been huge yeah i do even have an example so i recently did um a job with uh, an american agency and an american client and the director was you know german based they shot in uh, in slovakia so everything was remote you know uh, i never met the agency yeah. um but uh, you know this was a huge uh, huge job that lasted for almost uh, one one month and a half nice and uh, we did it everything from we did everything from uh, my studio here amazing checking in remotely and uh, yeah this was also like a paradigm shift for me uh, it's possible and you know i'm a <sighs> i like to travel at home so uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's the best thing that could, could happen saying. <laughs> yeah i'm the same <laughs> and do you know what i was having um a conversation with another a podcast guest and um saying how it feels like uh the editing where the ed the edit is taking place mm -hmm. has now essentially become the hub and where whereas before the hub of a film or film production was um the production house and mm -hmm. if they needed you to edit you would come in there or you'd come to the post-production studio and edit there now it feels like there's a shift where the the hub for the post-production of a film is wherever the editor is and everybody mm -hmm. else is remote it's super powerful but uh, you know it has its advantages but also its disadvantages i also like to go to production houses yeah and uh, you know what you know the biggest thing is that you have people that you can show the thing to and get feedback and uh, get mm. you know reactions uh, right away it's, it's not to you know not to take lightly yeah if you're just all alone by yourself yeah. Yeah. yeah plus you get free biscuits yeah <laughs> I was going to ask you um, a bit more about how you actually, um, how you got represented because you are represented by an agent, you have an, an agent. Um, can you tell me a bit about your relationship with the agent, um, mm -hmm. how you found them, how you got represented by them and, and how they bring you work? Mm -hmm. So um, my uh, my agency is um, is a rather boutique one. You know, we're just I guess five editors in this agency, um, and it's basically run by um, a guy who is actually a producer but does this thing on the side. And what they did is um, they signed me pretty early uh, in in my film school um, because I did a job with one of my uh, professors and they've they've seen it and you know wanted to you know to get me when when i'm fresh and but but i still stayed with them until now so it's almost seven years um and it's it's fine you know most of the stuff even you know comes over the connections i built over the years anyway um or over social media or my homepage, so it's so I don't really depend on on this on this particular agency for getting jobs, but mm -hmm. of course it's it's super for being a, 
a little more prestigious, uh, of course, and you know they they're taking care of all the logistical stuff and you know my my planner, my calendar, uh, and, and talk to producers and stuff. So um, all, all the shit I don't want to deal with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to focus focus on the work and the art. Other than the work that you receive through your contacts that you've had uh, from the film school period, uh, mm-hmm. how are you getting? How are you getting fresh jobs come your way? You mentioned social media there. Most of the time, just word of mouth, you know, or I work with one director and he uh, suggests me to another one and it goes, it goes like this. And and sometimes really um, requests come through people finding my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I'm, I think this is a pretty powerful tool to have um to promote yourself yeah and so they're just coming to you um you're not reaching out to anyone on social media it's just requests coming your way mm, yeah yeah i got uh, i got really lucky that i don't need to do that at least at least now yeah absolutely um, no i agree social media is a powerful tool and really it's it's like a, it's the modern portfolio, but on steroids because yeah. p- people are actually looking for your yeah. stuff. Whereas normally your portfolio is your website. It just sits there. And the only mm. people that ever go there are the people who send the link to. Whereas uh, Instagram's like a portfolio that's just available for people who are searching for your mm-hmm. hashtags or someone who knows mm-hmm. someone or something, yeah, yeah. something by a certain artist that you've edited or work with a director, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a, a big chain, a big branch, a big network of all these links that people can drop in at any point. Yeah. And it's it's not so much about, you know, um, how the stuff is or, or what, what stuff is on there. Uh, it's also about how it's presented, you know. Uh, you got like 10 seconds to make an uh, impression or, or even less, I guess. Um, um, for someone you you know to follow you or uh, to to just get a sense of okay this this guy knows his stuff yeah. uh, knows his craft um, yeah and with you know with our uh, attention span being reduced to like <laughs> ten to fifteen seconds uh, you know I'm always in a in a good position to just pick out the best fifteen seconds of of a recent job I did and, you know, call it a day. Yeah. And, a, and I'm certain that people don't even watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. So many, um, uh, all the time you're asked for show reels and you, I'm, I mean, I, ne- I never had a show reel. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't have a show reel for years because I was of the belief all you'll see from a show reel is the fact that I can cut a show reel. That's right. Uh, no, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't exactly. need that. So if yeah. you want to see if I can cut a documentary, watch this documentary. Here you go. Um, but uh, but I love your your perspective where if if you only show if people are can only watch ten seconds, show them the best bits and mm-hmm. then they're hooked because they're not going to yeah. spend 10, 15 minutes browsing uh, everything else. Yeah, that's right. The glossy uh, but, but but I'm also guilty of this. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I just try to uh, mimic what uh, I want would want to see. You know, um, if I'm checking out the director, you know, it, it's really the first thing I do. You know, you Google the director uh, if there's a new request, and I don't know, and, and 
or or she um that i check I check out the instagram page and yeah. i can i can you know get a sense right away if, if it's something that i can relate to just by looking at the thumbnails and uh you know at times i hated that it's like this uh, i would love to spend more time you know just watching mm -hmm. new stuff and get inspired um but most of the time you know you see 20 seconds and that's enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all guilty yeah um, i don't know if we're getting uh if everybody's getting stupider or if we're just becoming more efficient i like to think the latter yeah good point <laughs> which is more efficient we just know what we like in a yeah, shorter yeah. We time just go right right at uh you know right where it hurts or where it's you know exactly where the good stuff happens yeah. aim for the bullseye <clears throat> yeah that's right <laughs> So that was David Gesselbauer. Hopefully you've been able to take away some great tips from him for how he got to where he is in his career. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to carry on the conversation with David and hear a bit more about some of the, uh, type, the style of editing that he does because um, I really admire his style of editing, probably because I see some similarities between his style and my style. Um, but it's um, it feels very uh, fast-paced, but he doesn't use any effects or transitions. So we're going to talk a bit more about that subject and uh, some of the techniques that he uses. Now, if you found this useful, then uh, you can get tips in your inbox every week by signing up to the newsletter. Just head to unsplice.com and you'll be able to sign up straight on the first page. And of course, if you have a question for me that you'd like answered on the podcast, then please submit your question at unsplice.com forward slash ask. And then hopefully I'll be able to answer your question on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.